0: Make sure you subscribe to the podcast here on iTunes and share us with a friend. For extra tips on raising smart kids, head on over to artsmartparenting.com and click on the live tab. Welcome back to the Raising Smart Kids podcast. Our guest today on the podcast is Tara Pickford. Tara is an internationally recognized master dance teacher, adjudicator, and award-winning choreographer. A dance teacher of 21 years and owner of Ambition Performing Arts in Airdrie, Canada for 13 years, she holds a bachelor's degree in kinesiology with a major in mind sciences along with teaching certifications for ADAPT, Al Gilbert, and acrobatic arts. The mother of two daughters, 7 and 10, Ms. Tara truly believes in the power of dance and has worked with the Wild Rose Dance Association for 21 years to raise and distribute over $50,000 in scholarships to local dancers in her area. Tara and I have known one another for a number of years now and she's currently on location here in beautiful Elko, Nevada to work with my staff as well as my students at Academy of the Arts. I am so excited you're here today on the show, Tara, and welcome. Hi,
1: thank you so much for having me.
0: And we're actually recording this episode live, which is a fun occurrence for both of us as we're sitting upstairs in my office
1: during Tara's visit. It's been a fun time being here. I've had a great time working with your staff, and I'm looking forward to working with your students. Excellent. Well, Tara is a
0: wealth of information, and I'm so privileged that she took time out of her schedule to come and visit us. And so you are in for a real treat today in our conversation. So Tara, let's go back to the beginning and let's talk about your journey into the arts and
1: how it's shaped your life. Um, I started quite young. I was three years old when my mom registered me for my first dance class. And uh, she noticed in me that I was a very busy child, that I needed something to keep me going, to keep me occupied Um, I was a highly scheduled kid. I was that kid that needed to be doing something every day. I used to figure skate before school. I danced after school. I was in girl guides. I played an instrument. I was on the ball team. I played some soccer. So um, I've done a lot of things. And um, I think now what you would say is kids like me are considered to be gifted. And that was something that when I was a little kid was a very foreign thing. Parents didn't really have that information at their fingertips. So my journey started really young, and by the time I was in uh, junior high school, grade seven, I made the decision that dance was what I wanted to spend most of my energy on. And um, from there, I have now had a career of teaching for 20 years and owning my own business and serving many families from across the province I live in.
0: So what was it about dance that really made you say, yes, I want to do this, and not do all those other activities you were involved in?
1: It was the expression. Absolutely, it was just the expression of the arts. Um, you know, when you're on a ball team, you you get your turn every once in a while. It's your turn to bat every once in a while, depending on the position you play. Maybe the ball comes to you, maybe it doesn't. For me, I needed to be in it. I needed to be in it all the time. So I taught myself to be the pitcher so that I could be moving all the time. So at the end of the day, it's it's the movement. It's the expression. It's being right in there, it's being involved, it's being emotionally challenged every time you put foot to floor.
0: And that's such an interesting story, because as I interview people for the podcast, everyone's journey into the arts is so different, but so fascinating, and everyone had to have this very interesting journey to get them to where they are now, and I think that's fascinating. Your life growing up and doing many activities is really, really closely related to what many parents do today. There's a lot of activities vying for their kids' time. What is it about the arts specifically that you would tell parents is the most valuable thing about their kids' involvement?
1: There's so many things. There isn't just one. Uh, we're learning about respect. You're learning to respect yourself by showing up properly, ready for class with the with the information and gear that you need. Um, you're learning to respect your friends by being on time and being present and a, an available learner in class. You're respecting the space by treating it properly and having the correct footwear on. You're respecting the teacher who's there to give you their knowledge. There's so much about just respect that you learn that you carry with you. So you learn that when you're three or four, that at the end of the class, you thank someone for teaching you some information. And as you move forward in life, it becomes thanking people for interacting with you, for giving of themselves, for, you know, providing you with more value in your life than you had before you ran into them earlier that day. So I I think the first and foremost thing is a respect thing. And beyond that, you're learning to be a valuable person because of that respect.
0: And I think respect is such a a hot-button topic today because I feel like sometimes as a parent, as an educator, that little bit sort of is missing sometimes. And to have you talk about that's one of the most important lessons to be learned is really quite eye-opening, I think, for some parents as we strive to get our kids to that place where they're learning the respect and how is the proper way to do that. So thank you for sharing that. Absolutely. And here on the podcast, we're all about helping parents raise smarter kids using arts as a vehicle. Given your experience and being a mom of two little girls too, what is it about the arts that you think can help parents raise smarter kids?
1: I think the lessons from being in class, um, depending on the style of dance that your child is learning, there is an element of memorization. And there's an element of taking information from a previous class and continuing to apply it moving forward so that you can move forward with your knowledge and your skill set. Um, and I think there's an element of teamwork. You, you create a dance or you put together a routine with other children. And so you learn what your role is in that. Everyone has their, their place in the routine and everyone's counting on you to be there so that the formations and whatnot take the shape that the, the vision is. Um, so I think a lot of it is there's, there's a lot of everyday lessons involved in that. You, you have a teamwork, you're responsible for information, The memorization helps you in life. Um, my seven-year-old can memorize things much faster and quicker than her peers at school. She, you know, her, her information processing speed is really quick for her age. So I, I think that, you know, the, the lessons that they're learning go beyond pointed toes and buns. They're, you know, they're, they're taking themselves to a much bigger place where they can read a book and retain that information and present it at school. They can create presentations and not fear standing in front of a group to present it. Yeah, that confidence
0: bit is really big as well, because that's one of the things that we really strive to accomplish about at the end of the day, if this kid, like you said, can go stand on the stage and present and know that they've done a good job, that's a really big win for them.
1: Absolutely it is and knowing that they can be confident in the information that they're bringing to the table and that they've they've owned it and earned it.
0: Yes, and I think that you you mentioned earlier about being able to retain information a little faster because in classes we're asking them to use their brains to process and to retain that information for a long period of time. So that absolutely translates into them being able to take those skills to school, which is really a, a big deal for them.
1: Absolutely. These are not just skills for a dance classroom. They are life skills that they are learning.
0: Absolutely. Yep. The life skills that transcend what we can do in our four walls and, and how it affects impacts the whole rest of their life in school and in the community is huge. Absolutely. We talked a little bit about teamwork a little while ago. You said that in classes, teamwork is something that they learn. Um, one of the things that I've noticed in school is that sometimes teamwork can be misconstrued as cheating which is interesting to me because you know in a classroom setting if you collaborate it's not always seen as a positive whereas in the real world we know that collaboration is, and teamwork is the way to get things done how can we help parents and then teachers successively take this information about teamwork and apply it more effectively in a classroom
1: I would say there's a lot of dynamic that happens inside of a team situation. So what we're teaching our kids is how to work with people who do pull their weight and people who don't. And you're working with people who their idea has to be the one and people who don't bring an idea and everything in between. So um, from a teamwork perspective, they're learning to work with too many chiefs, not enough chiefs, and I think that that's absolutely a skill that happens (laughs) to be useful every single day. I'm on a staff where, you know, everyone brings something different to the table and sometimes they bring it and sometimes they forget it and you still push forward and you still have this team that you work with. So this is not something that teachers do because maybe they're lazy or they don't want to mark 10 projects, they want to mark one. Um, This is preparing for skills for life and kids need to learn how do you work inside of that dynamic. How do you work in a group where someone does not want to contribute and they are a dead weight? How do you bring them with you and how do you teach them along the way? I think those are great skills for kids to be learning. It never goes away. It doesn't matter what team, or what job you get hired onto. There's always someone that you need to learn to work with who provides you friction.
0: And those are really, really valuable lessons. And when I hear when you talk, I hear, I hear you saying learning to work within different dynamics and learning when it is they need to step up and be a leader and when they need to let somebody else lead. And those skills, I think, are so crucial for kids because they're being pulled in so many different directions. So understanding what their dynamic is in any given situation is really a valuable lesson for them.
1: Absolutely. And your self-worth can't be tied to your idea of being the one that is used. Your self-worth needs to be tied to what you are contributing and how you're helping everyone else to move forward as well. Mm. And it's not always you being the leader that provides that skill.
0: Yeah, and being able to differentiate and, and know when to step up and when to, to step back. And yeah, being able to work within the ebbs and flows of that relationship or that situation really can go a long way. Absolutely, Tara. When you think of the word smart, what comes to your mind?
1: What I think of when I think of smart is that it's not always someone who has A's on their test. It can be somebody who is able to see and feel things through gut. It's it can be instinct. It can be um, clever working methods. It's not always just. Um, and a blank A and B, it's a yes or no. Um, there are many ways to be clever. They, they can be creative. It can be movement through space. It can be visualizing how something should be organized or the flow of people through a space. Um, maybe it's just moving people through a busy fair. You know, there are many ways to envision what success could be. And it's not always just the kid who gets 100%. There are so many ways to get from A to B.
0: And I love that you bring this point up about it's not always the kid in the class who's getting the A's who is the smartest kid. They might be able to take this test and do really well, but there's somebody else in that classroom who who can plan how to, to coordinate people and how to best move them around a busy situation. So I think for parents to understand that smart is not one thing. Smart is many things. And it's the application of the creativity you spoke about before that really differentiates being able to be smart or being called smart. But I, I love the thought that there's more than one way.
1: Absolutely. We see it all the time with dancers in the studio. We have dancers who um, you show them a movement and they can mimic you almost perfectionately. But that next week, they don't have it anymore. So their processing speed is quick, but their retention is low. And then you have that other child who struggled all class and struggled all class and thought about it all week and they bring it back to you perfect the following week. So who has better knowledge? Which student is a better student? You can't say that one is better than the other. They are different, and they're getting, they're getting there. They're making it from A to B, but they got there in totally different ways. And this is such a good lesson,
0: too, because as we think about being parents and the frameworks that the doctors and the educators give us on how our kids are going to learn, it's never cut and dry, black and white, a straight line. You know, for some kids, that may be the case, and they're going to meet every milestone along the way. For some kids, they'll jump ahead four steps, learn that thing, and come back and learn the other things that they skipped over previously. And really, for parents, that's nothing to fear. It is just having the understanding that we need to have patience with our kids and allow them to explore and learn in their own ways.
1: Absolutely. And I think that's what the arts is bringing that schools can't is schools are teaching only a certain way. If you can't sit in a desk and learn, then you're going to struggle. But the arts provides kids all kinds of ways. We sing it to them. We move it to them. We show it. We tell it, you know, there's music involved, there's counting, there's percussion. There's so many ways to learn. That's why every child who's in the arts is touched in a way they're touched. There's so many ways to learn. that that schools don't provide. Right, so if
0: there are parents listening right now and they're saying, gosh, you know, my kid is having some difficulties in school maybe, or maybe they're not even doing well, but there has to be something else for their kid to do. How would you instruct them on finding a place that's going to be a good fit for their kids
1: to learn the arts? I would be looking for the small things. What are they doing with their spare time? Are they doodling? Are they drawing? Maybe they love to paint? Are they Are they constantly moving? Maybe they're kinesthetic and they just need to be moving. Um, We had a student who was really struggling in school, that sitting in the desk was really challenging. And in class, she was constantly touching her friends, couldn't leave them alone to learn. And we gave her something simple as just tapping her fingers on her legs. She was continually moving, but that gave her permission to stand in one spot, yet move. And she became a model student. And she mm-hmm. took that skill set with her into the classroom at school. And instead of jumping out of her desk and distracting everyone all day long, she's tapping her fingers on her leg quietly. And she is now a great student. Her marks have gone up. Her life is so much better. She's no longer that kid that's always in trouble or that kid who's always on the move and is always troublesome. You know, she's, she's happy. She's so much happier. And it was something as simple as just allowing her freedom of movement. And really that goes back
0: to the whole reason this podcast exists is that there are such little tiny things we can do that we think may be insignificant. You've given her the ability and the coping mechanism to be able to move her body, yet really be able to be focused and maintain and learn in a situation where if she were moving would lead to some struggles down the
1: road. Absolutely. She now has a skill set where she can sit in a chair and appear to be doing what everybody says she should be, which is to sit in that chair, but she is silently moving her fingers along the side of her leg, and it has improved her ability to concentrate. I wish every teacher in the classroom would just
0: take this tip and do a quick little assessment of their kids and, and look at those kids who are moving a lot, who need that sensation and give them this tool because I think that would transform a lot of classrooms across not only this country, through Canada, really worldwide.
1: Absolutely. I mean, this was a child who was likely going to be labeled as ADD, maybe medicated, and that was not even the mo- that was not even close to being what the problem is. She's just kinesthetic, just right. kinesthetic. That's all.
0: So I love that you were able to in, in a dance classroom identify this in her and give her this skill that she can take that. Absolutely positively affects everything that she does, and, and I'm sure her parents are just beyond grateful for this little tiny skill that you've given her.
1: Absolutely. I mean, how, how would you feel as a parent knowing that you've overcome something that has been such a challenge in your household? You know inherently if your child is really being a misbehavior or if they're just challenged by something, and you just you keep digging, try to find that answer, and you seek it out, and you'll find it in all kinds of places. So I think if you're trying to put your child in the arts, you're looking to see what they like to do when they're left to their own devices. What are they really doing? Are they doodling? Are they drawing? Is an art class where they should be? You know, are they a mover? You need to find a class where they can move through space. You know, do they hum a lot? Are Mm -hmm. they percussive? Are they looking for an instrument? There's all kinds of things that, that you can look for. And then beyond that, you're looking for a facility where the instructors are well instructed in their own craft that they absolutely care about children and their development, not just the art that they're teaching and creating some sort of work of art, but we're working with children and we're helping the children create the art.
0: In your school, when you're working with the kids and we talk about goal setting and being able to help these kids move forward in a very positive manner, what is your philosophy behind teaching at your school?
1: Um, Our philosophy is that we are trying to create human beings that are contributors to society. At the end of the day, it doesn't matter to me what you end up doing, what your interest is, whether you're a doctor or a lawyer, or maybe you become the postman. (laughs) Um, We are looking for people who we can help become contributing members of society. And when we do goal setting, we do short term, which, you know, something that we can accomplish within a couple months. We do, you know, medium term, which is something that will happen mid-year and long term for us is at the end of one season. Um so we look at that with our with our kids who come once a week and we we help them try to achieve and we have stepping stones and we have skill testing that we that we look at and we we help them get there and we help them set realistic goals. And then our students who dance with us um several hours a week, we have 3, 5 and 10 year plans with them that we sit down with their families once a year and revisit and say, you know, like this is a, it's a substantial investment and if your child really wants this let's talk about how how far we go with this with this goal setting and we revisit it every year because we all know kids in one year it's a lifetime of change and a goal that they had in September that was so important to them could be totally different by January and
0: the goal setting bit is really huge because i know in our conversation earlier in the weekend we discussed that i don't think i learned how to set a goal or really what a goal was until i was a business owner, I had owned a business for several years, and then I met a mentor who said, you have to set these goals, and you have to have a plan to achieve, them. you can't just write them down and hope they happen. So so I love that you're being able to take this simple task of goal setting, but really putting some focus there and helping them understand that there has to be a plan. They have to be contributing to the plan, and they have to work that plan to get there.
1: Absolutely, and it's a directive to the teachers. You know, when you have a class of a bunch of shiny faces sitting in front of you and there's 10 little children with 10 different goals, it's a directive to you to how to plan your lessons. We know what we want to accomplish as teachers, but we have to make sure the kids come with us. And that's how we do it, by helping them with their goals. All right,
0: Tara, what is the best way for our listeners to get in touch with you? Maybe they want to learn more about your teaching philosophy or talk to you about how they might help their kids be better goal
1: setters. How can they best reach you? I can be reached through our company's website at www.ambitionarts.com. I can also be found on Facebook at Tara Pickford. And I would love to have a conversation with parents about the arts. I think that it's so important. Obviously, it's my life's work, and um, I fully believe in it. My children are absolutely invested in it. Excellent, Tara. you shared so many great insights and tips for parents
0: today. But if you could leave them one parting bit of information about the impact the arts can have on their child's lives, what would you tell them?
1: The impact is profound. It, it is absolutely profound. It is a place where you can be accepted for whatever you are, whenever you are, however you are. And I think it is so important that in a world where everyone is telling us what we should be, that we can be in a place and be who we can be.
0: I love that. That's such a great reminder for parents Well, Tara, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to sit in my office and do this fun interview. It's been such a pleasure to not only interview you here, but to work with you for a whole weekend and and see how your vision and your philosophy have been able to reach my teachers and later today how it's going to be reaching our students. So thank you.
1: Thank you so much for having me. It's been an absolute pleasure to come here and visit Elko Arts Academy. All right. Thanks, Tara. You're welcome.
0: Thanks for tuning in to the Raising Smart Kids podcast. If you're enjoying this podcast, please share us with a friend and head on over to iTunes and leave us a review there and let us know you're enjoying the show. If you're looking for more tips on raising smart kids, head to Amazon.com and pick up a copy of my first book, Raising a Superhero, How to Unleash Your Child's Eight Superpowers and Propel Learning Through the Arts. Thanks for allowing me to be your guide on this parenting adventure and I look forward to catching you next time.